Welcome to another At The Flick Short. As we look back over 2018, one of the most gratifying developments of the year has been the community of listeners and movie enthusiasts that have come together to support our podcast. Our podcast's first year has been a crazy experience. We have interviewed loads of interesting people, been on the set of a movie during filming, reviewed dozens of films, and on Twitter, we have hundreds of followers. And our shows have been downloaded over 2,000 times. However, for all the team, it has been the listener feedback that has been the most satisfying and fun element of the year. Providing a lot of that feedback are the duo of Phil Foster from Phil the Bear's film review site and friend of the podcast Declan Shields. As two of our most engaged listeners, we decided to give this podcast over to them to discuss their top five movies of the year. First up is Phil Foster, so over to you, Jeff. Hi, Phil. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Excellent. Do you have a good Christmas? Yeah, it's good. You know, family, lots of family stuff, and uh, trying to sneak in the old film here and there. Yeah. So I spend all my Boxing Day in the cinema because I've had enough of them by then. Right. So before we get started with your end of your roundup, how are things coming along with the Cohen Brothers retrospective? Oh, not not very well. Oh, no. I was really looking forward to that. (laughs) Well, I know what's happened. He's seen the cover of Barton Fink and said no. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Unfortunately, being an amateur critic means that life keeps getting in the way. I have a, a, a rough introduction and I've I've watched I've rewatched the first two films and written reviews of those um, so I'm two films in 15 to go <laughs> um, but I um, I did get to catch um, The Ballad of Buster Scruggs on Netflix oh, recently loved it. I, loved it yeah, yeah I thought it was really yeah. good and I thought that was I excellent a review of that. Hey, Phil so if you had to sum up the year in film what are your thoughts has it been a good year or a bad year well, so for this, I, I basically I looked through every film that I'd seen this year. And when I looked through it, I thought, actually, there's a lot of really good films this year. And I was pleasantly surprised at how many, because doing my um, top five was really, really hard. And there were two main things that I'd say I'd take away from it. So firstly, which is a slight personal disappointment, is I didn't have one film that was like my hands-down favourite of the year. Normally I do. Normally that number one film is really easy for me. So like last year was Blade Runner 2049 because I know Jeff really likes that one. Yes. Uh, (laughs) Absolutely. Uh, I look forward to your top five, Phil. You're really building it up for me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and and even like before that, so like The Revenant the year before, Whiplash the year before that. The Coen Brothers Inside Lewin Davis the year before that. And I normally have that one film where I can go, that's hands down number one. Everything else can kind of fill in behind it. And, but I didn't have that this year. Um, and that made doing this films of the year really, really tough. And the other thing, I, I'm a bit old-fashioned and I felt like this year I had to move into the, the world of streaming films. And I think this year's really been the year of Netflix for me. Now, when you look at what they're showing, 
you know, they've got films that sort of are without distribution. They've got interesting directors that sort of mid-budget and they've got their own sort of original lines and they've also got probably the best television shows. And um, I know we're talking about films here, but I definitely think that everyone should watch The Haunting of Hill House. Yeah, I yeah. think no. it's online. No. no, it's not it, happening. No, it's not. Yeah, no, no. no, no. <laughs> and, and, and in fact, Netflix are impressing me because they're getting rid of all that superhero nonsense. Yeah, low blow, yeah. Jeff, low blow. I think that's more Disney Plus than uh, yeah, Netflix so. making yes. that decision. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, the, the, the Haunting of Hill House, I know you guys might not be convinced, but it's, it's much more of a slow build and there's not as many jump scares in there, so apart from one really, really good one near the end of the series, but it might be something you could watch if um, you've got all the lights on. Um, <laughs> I was looking at um, what films Netflix have shown this year, and we've got things like Good Time, Annihilation, Kodachrome, Gareth Evans' The Apostle, Jeremy Solnier's Hold the Dark, The Coen's Ballad of Buster Scruggs. Yeah. Um, these are, they're all really interesting films. They might not be the the best films of the year necessarily, but lots of interesting directors making interesting films that can't seem to find a cinema distribution deal because as much as I love them, Disney have kind of you know tied everything up with you know hundred million dollar film that makes a billion dollars. So yeah. yeah, and that's gonna get worse as though they will Much have forty percent of all film releases will be from Disney next year when the Fox thing goes through. Yeah. So that's a hell of a powerful position they're in now. Yeah. It's yeah. not good. It can't be good for us no. that one. Yeah, so it's you know, films like Alex Garland's Annihilation, which I think is a really, really good film and I'll be talking about it again, spoiler alert, a bit later on. That really deserved to be up on a big screen. It's got some amazing special effects and it's a really clever science fiction film. Yeah, I agree. Which it was in America. It got a cinema release there. Yeah. But was it a wide release? or I'm, I'm not sure. A relatively wide release. Wide release. And Operation Finale, the one about Eichmann, which also... Oh, yeah. Yeah, that That's got Oscar a wide... Isaac, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, that mm-hmm. got a wide release in America and then goes to Netflix for the rest of the world. Yeah. Yes, so that's my yeah, that's my sort of takeaway. I definitely think it's Netflix. I think has done a lot more in that sort of space than Amazon have this year, or at least from what I've seen. No, no, um, Amazon have definitely taken their eye off the ball. I mean, two years ago, Amazon were very strong, and I, the last couple of years, I haven't seen them. I, I think that part of the thing with Amazon is they feel they've been burnt, so they had a five film deal with Woody Allen with everything that's come out. Yeah, they've decided they're not going to progress with that, so. Wonder Wheel opens, gets a very limited mm. release, and suddenly it turns up on Sky first. Whereas normally in the past, Amazon would just take that film and put it straight under their platform. But they try and hold it out for as much as they can before they do that. I don't see any master plan from Amazon at all. There doesn't seem to be a coherent strategy. Whereas with Netflix, you see things like Stranger Things that goes out, that gets great, and then they follow it up. Okay, the follow up wasn't great. At least they're planning around that. They've done the Marvel stuff with the, the sort of Marvel street level heroes stuff. And then, as you said, they're doing some very interesting films. They're knocking it out of the park at the minute, Netflix. But on the other side with Amazon Prime, you've got the marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Uh, that's, you've got that's, Jack Ryan. Yeah. There was only a few 
programs on. Uh, they've only just commissioned the second series of Mrs. Maisel, haven't they? But they've just <laughs> committed a huge chunk of money to a Lord of the Rings. Series, yes, they have. They? Yeah, they are going to do a, a Lord of the Rings TV series, which is uh, amazing. I think the big Amazon uh, show this year was um, Jack Ryan, and I don't know if you guys watched it, but I thought it was it was solid. It was well made, yes. but it wasn't it wasn't like go and tell all your friends about it. No. Like you must watch this. No, it was enjoyable though, wasn't it? I mean, it was the, the guy's very, very good. I can't remember his name now. Uh, Kaminsky. Yeah, yeah. Kaminsky. Yeah, he's he's yeah. Um, he's very good, very engaging. Anyway, isn't he? But no, it, I thought it was very good. Yeah, he was in a quiet place. Do you see that film, Neil? Oh no, you wouldn't. Oh, yeah. God, he does go on, doesn't yeah, he? Yeah. <laughs> right. Okay, then. But no, I think that's a fair. I, I think what we see and the positive to take out of this is a couple of years ago, people were saying the mid-range art movie if you like the 30 million type film was dying and it sounds as though from everything we've just said it's got that's, a home on netflix that's a really good point yes yeah mm. i agree the other thing is yeah. it's just so convenient i mean i took away with me on holiday i just downloaded masses of stuff onto my ipad so mm. i could just watch it on the plane you know at night when i was suffering from jet lag it's just such a convenient platform yeah, well, that's uh, that's where I watched. I had to go away for work, and I watched um, the entire series of uh, Hill House on my flight out, and the entire series one of Better Call Saul on my flight back home. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I think if so, you're tra- if you're travelling around, or even if you're in the UK and you're staying in sort of for work in a travel lodge, you know, rather than having to cope with their crappy TV. Well, I'm a celebrity. Yeah, exactly. I'm a celebrity. Rather than having to deal with that rubbish, you can watch some of the quality. I watched um, Wes Anderson's Fantastic Mr. Fox because it was one of them that I'd missed. Hmm. So I watched that on the way out to New York. Good film. Interesting times. It's a very good film. Wow. Okay, big moments arrived then in reverse order. What are your top five, Phil? Okay, so uh, at five, I've got Annihilation. So oh, I said wow. spoiler alert a second yeah. ago. So. So I'm a huge fan of the books um, as well, which are by Jeff Vandermeer. Mm. And what's really interesting about this is is what Alex Garland's done is he's taken the, the the main crux of the story and he's turned it into just a one and done story. So he's he's not following the full trilogy idea that the books have. He's he's clearly sort of thought I'm going to make this as one contained story. It's a really intelligent science fiction film, and after Ex Machina, you just think that you know, this guy really, really can do science fiction. And I thought the special effects were great, and all of the acting was really good. Um, it's a really, really clever science fiction film. And because it's on Netflix, if you've got a subscription, I'd recommend to watch it as soon as you can. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I have. Yeah. It's written down. I think it's one of those films that if you actually. Yeah, if you guys sat and watched it as a group, I, I reckon you'd be talking about it for a good thirty minutes afterwards, yeah, at least. Yeah, easily. Yeah. Okay, that's on my list then. Yeah. All right then. Number four, Phil. Um, so this came out. I'm sure it came out the very first week of January in the UK, and that's um, three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, Wonderful. So I'm sure I'm sure I've watched it on New Year's Day or maybe the day after because obviously any Americans listening to this will go that's last year but um, unfortunately for us Brits it was this year. I just think it was such a powerful film and 
it let you make up your mind at the end and you know, without ruining it. I think sometimes films can be frustrating when they let you make up your mind. I think it really worked well for this subject matter. As great as Francis McDormand was in it, I think Woody Harrelson and Sam Rockwell were really, really great. And mm. I think Woody Harrelson, I don't think, has done anything better. I really don't. And he's only in it for a very short while. It's interesting because, and, and you're quite right, people think, okay, you're watching this, it's a murder mystery, we're going to find out who killed the girl. And, yeah, spoiler alert, you never do. Because it's a film about the grief cycle and going through that grief cycle following Frances McDormand's character. And by the end of it, she's finally coming out of that cycle. That's that's where the real and natural ending of that film is. I, I think that... Um the way that it ends, without wanting to spoil it, I think that both her and um, Sam Rockwell's character are very much on a kind of a, an intersection in terms of they need to make a decision. And you know, both in terms of her grief and, and his sort of culpability and, and how he feels responsible for certain things. And I think it's up to you, really. So I, I don't think I'll disagree with you because I think the film lets you decide. Uh, yeah, I, I, get, I agree totally because they're in the car together. They're travelling along and that could go any direction. I like the metaphor because this can go anywhere. And then it just stops and you think, yeah, I have lots and lots of ideas about where this would have gone and what they would have done or whether they'd have actually turned around and gone back. Everything, yeah, exactly. everything has a possibility. I just thought it was just brilliant. She was fantastic. Every, in fact, everybody in front of the camera was brilliant and the cinematography was wonderful. Yeah. Just and the script, just perfection. And Francis McDormand. And Francis McDormand is just wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. And that bit at the end, you know, it's one of those films that sometimes when you're in cinema and it cuts to black and there's the pause and the credits come up, then there's some films where you just spring out of your seat and you walk out. And this is one of those films where you sit there kind of stunned because yes. you're you're thinking like what what would happen and mm. and you know, what you know, you're trying to digest everything that's gone before. Yes. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. That's that's a, that's a brilliant choice. What, what have you got after that one then, Phil? Okay. So at three, um, I have Mission Impossible Fallout. Now, I saw this at the cinema twice, and I I'm tempted to say, is is this the best action film that has been made? Because in terms of plot line, it's pretty sort of straightforward A to B. But in terms of action sequences and getting between those and the sheer just jaw-dropping brilliance of those action sequences i i just thought it was just phenomenal oh i'm um, in agreement with you yeah, that, yeah. that was i was i was mm-hmm. trying to get that into my uh my top 10 but i kept thinking no i can't put mission impossible it's the what the fifth sixth of yeah, it yeah, um like but absolutely fantastic yeah, it's one of those jaw-dropping ones where you just sort of think wow yeah, I mean yeah. the the other thing is it's running, shooting, jumping. That's what the whole it, film is. It, it is but it's kind so of. bloody brilliantly done. Yes. And you think, oh no, I'm just loving this. It's one of those where you sit down and the you know, the first big scene, and you think, yeah, this is going to. It's be a refined formula, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, they've got they've, it. They've uh, yeah. Tom Cruise just seems to know what he's uh, what he's capable of and does it. Mm. And some of them are really they, quite scary, aren't yeah. they? And they also seem to have taken, if you think through the other uh, Mission Impossible films and all of like the key action scenes in them, they also seem to have kind of said, right, we're going to do all of those and we're going to do them better. So 
Mission Impossible, the uh, first one has him kind of hanging from the ceiling. So yeah. Like, okay, we're going to have to we'll have him hanging from something. The second one is all about motorcycle um, yeah. chases. Yes. So they do that again. I think is it the fourth or the fifth one has him hanging from a plane. So they're like, well, okay, I'm going to learn to uh, fly a helicopter. And, you know, it's just every single sort of action scene in it. And it's just, I just you just watch it. You, you just can't believe that they're doing that. And I think that the fact that it is mostly real, Yes. Like it makes it makes it so much more gripping and so much more exciting. Yeah. Than when you kind of go, yeah, but that bit's CGI and you know all that sort of thing. That's yeah. a genuine sense of, of danger, isn't it? Um, mm. Um, mm. Throughout yeah. it, yeah. And and that helicopter chase at the end is just incredible. <laughs> yes. Unbelievable. Yeah. Unbelievable. I, I think yeah, <clears throat> if you were putting together a list of some of the best chase sequences ever in films. I think it's got to be close on in there. Mm. Yeah, 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 definitely. Yeah. And, and also one of the best fights as well, that fight in the um, impossibly clean French nightclub toilet. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yes. <laughs> You've been I, to I France. I know, I've not, well, I've not been to a nightclub in a while, but I'm pretty certain that they're never that clean. No. But Henry Covell's, um, his, when he actually, when he sort of, pumps himself up to hit this guy that was just such an absolutely iconic moment where he sort of shakes his shoulders and sort of pumps blood into his fist as if i'm gonna take you out that was just such a great great scene Uh, and there's two of them fighting him and they still can't get him to go down it was just brilliant and and on the other side of it there are a couple of twists in this film that caught me by surprise yeah 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 it was good Okay, so number two, uh, this is when I was starting to get, um, I was really struggling with what would be one, what would be two, and I've gone with A Star Is Born. I, when I watched this the first time, thought that the first half was phenomenal and that it kind of faded a little in the second half. And then I watched it again about a week later with my wife. And bizarrely, and I I feel like I'd probably be a bit silly to admit this, but I, I will anyway, I actually couldn't stop myself from crying at the end of the film <laughs> on my second watch. And I just thought, it's so emotionally powerful. And what Bradley Cooper has done as a debut director is just phenomenal. So in terms of you know, writing, directing, starring, producing, learning to um, play piano and guitar, do, doing that thing with his voice so that he can sound he's been on the road for all this time and then Lady Gaga who as far as I'm aware has only done sort of cameos and bits and pieces just really really sold it brilliantly as this sort of up and coming waitress turning into an icon the bit for me is it is it kind of was about this broken man and he kind of gets a, a chance a shot at redemption and then it kind of just slips away from him. Yeah, everything that I didn't like in the second half, the first time I watched it, just seemed to fade away the second time. And I just thought it was really, really powerful. Yeah, mm. no, I, can't, I can't fault it. I think, um, yeah, I thought it was yeah, fantastic. Yeah, yeah, really good choice. And, and Lady Gaga was a total revelation to me. Yeah, um, a superstar. I, and she had to prove that yeah. she was a just a nightclub singer with the day job and she does it's it's remarkable and that scene where they're outside that big shop in the middle of the night and it's like the back glow of a stage and she does that little bit of singing and you can say 
ah, I can see this girl up on a stage with the bright lights. Yeah. And she's got the talent. It's inside her. I thought that piece of direction from Bradley Cooper was genius. Because here was she stood alone singing without anything with all these lights behind her. And I thought, yeah, there's a superstar in the making because she can do this. I was going to say that scene for me actually was really made. I, I'm glad you mentioned that because it's the bit where he, he like sellotapes some peas to her hand. That's something. it. Yes. Yeah. That's right. And, and um, just that, that scene, just in that one scene, he somehow manages to prove to you that these two people from completely different walks of life have found some kind of connection with each other and that love story is believable. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, yeah. And it works really, really well. And the other thing I'd say that really, really helps me like it a lot is Bradley Cooper's sort of gravelly voice. I think it, the song's called It's Time to Let the Old Ways Die or something yeah. like that. Mm. that. That's the sort of music I would listen to in, <laughs> in my normal life. It's kind of that sort of American folksy singer-songwriter stuff that I, I really like anyway. And it's really really good quality music as well as you know sort of married to that film which is not something i can say for barbara streisand songs yes in my opinion in in the, the version before. Uh, well, I, I was expecting absolutely nothing i thinking that it was just going to be another chris christopherson type thing yes and i thought no i'm gonna hate this and then bradley cooper starts singing and i thought Ah, oh, that's good. That's good. We're all right. Yes. Yeah, I, I, I was with this till Phil started dissing Babs. Evergreen, come on. I've got to say, oh, in, so you know the scene where he kind of goes to the bar and he kind of overhears her singing, right? So in uh, the Bradley Cooper one, I can understand him hearing her and going, Wow, she's got talent. She's got something. I want to meet her. Yeah. In a Chris Christopherson, Barbara Streisand one, I would if I heard that, I'd be like, I'm walking out. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I'm with you there. I yeah. thought it was a sh- shockingly bad film, the first one. And so yes, no, I was no, no, very no, no. pleasantly I, I quite, surprised I for quite, the second. I quite liked this it, one. but uh, this film, I would agree with you, is is a classic. It's really good. Mm. It, it takes something. I mean, this is the fourth film. Uh, of A Star Is Born I think What Price Glory first in the 30s Star Is Born in the 50s then the one in the 70s and this and and this is the best yeah I definitely agree that is the best but but then I think I wrote that in my review but I think it's the best but um, this is my era sort of Star Is Born if I was you know, if you we spoke to some people who were um, a little bit older than yourselves, would go, they on, Phil, go on, go on. If you would, <laughs> yeah, keep, keep digging, yeah, Phil, keep would, digging. Yeah, yeah. Do you need another shovel? So obviously, this yeah, Stuck yeah. Streisand one was uh, Jeff's film, but yeah. uh, the rest yeah, of yeah, us no, couldn't. This, uh, I like the Streisand one. one. I, I like Streisand one. I think <sighs> this is better. I, I do think. Uh, spoiler alert! You might want to lift this out. I do think the ending of the Streisand one is far more intriguing because. He doesn't commit suicide as such. And yes, he does. Yeah, it's open to he, interpretation he, there, Phil. He, he definitely knows what he's doing when he jumps into that car, I reckon. Okay. That's my thought, anyway. Okay, no, yeah. that's fair enough. All right, then. Your top film, then, Phil. Okay, so my top film um, is one that I probably could only talk to Jeff about because it's a quiet place. No, no, <laughs> Graham's seen it as well. I saw it. I saw it. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay, there we go. I'm it, building I, up to it. It's sci-fi, for the next so 10 years. I didn't have a problem with it. Yeah. Okay, so, so like I said, I struggled with what my best film of the year was, but what I thought with this one was this is the film that 
completely took me by surprise. It's almost by David Director, in the same way like Sir Bradley Cooper, obviously, with Sarsborn and Chris, uh, John Krasinski, isn't it? Um, yes. This is actually his second film, and I've not seen his original one, which is called The Hollers. But again, so he's written, directed, got his wife to star in it um, with him. I just thought it was beautifully crafted and really, really tense. And what I really liked about it is that he didn't over-explain anything. Mm. No. You know, we don't need to see, you know, where these things come from. We don't need to understand why they're there. We kind of get some snippets from news clippings. We get a sense of the devastation and what's happened. But from that opening sort of five, ten minutes, which is a really, really brutal way to start a mainstream film when you think about, you know, what he does there. I just think that the whole thing was really tense and gripping. And again, talking about my uh, my emotions and stuff, the, there's a bit towards the end of the film where he's like sort of trying to look out for his kids. I just think it was just perfectly played. I don't know if you remember the scene. Yes, yeah. yeah. And I just thought it was just such a perfectly played sort of piece. And do you know what I really hope that they don't make this sequel that they're talking about? Oh, yeah. I mean, it's one of those things where maybe, you know, the person who's created this is involved, so maybe there'll be some more to it. But I actually think that the less we know, if yeah. they start explaining, you know, what's happening and, and, you know, where these creatures come from and all that sort of stuff, then, you know, it might start to fall apart a little. Yeah. But you know, you, know, you never know. I mean, James Cameron did Aliens, and you probably could have had the same argument when, you know, between Alien and Aliens, and he still managed it. So. Yeah, yeah, true. Yeah. I, 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 although I don't watch many horror films, as you know, I thought this was just exceptional film. And, you know, there were loads of things in it were, which were just, I've never seen in any other film, especially the silence thing, the quiet. Because I, I was in a packed cinema, and I could hear people behind me, and that was brilliant because when things were happening, people behind you were going, oh, shit, oh, <laughs> shit. And you don't usually get that in a cinema. No, no. And you don't yeah, want well, people that... talking in the cinema, but yeah. this was adding to the atmosphere because you could hear people shuffling and really getting worried about what was going to happen. And then, I... and that, that now, the now, that now must have been built up for like 10, 15 minutes. I don't know, it felt like forever. <laughs> yes. yeah. That was good. And the other thing was like a child's toy becoming a live hand grenade, you know, because yeah. if that yeah. toy goes off, you're in trouble. And it was just like, oh, no, no, no. You know, you could see what was going to happen. It was just phenomenal, absolutely and, phenomenal. Yeah, and for me, one of the most satisfying endings of the year. Oh, where, yes, With yes. the click of the gun without yeah. giving anything away. Yeah. I thought that moment was just brilliant. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and the, how they solved the riddle is also very, very good. Excellent choice, Phil. Excellent, excellent five films. I think um, worthy for anybody to catch up with there. And there's a couple I haven't seen, but I'll definitely be doing that. So final question, anything you're looking forward to catching up on the final hours of 2018? Uh, well, I think the the things I'm most looking forward to are um, quite a few out, but I think Spider-Man looks really, really good. Spy- uh, Into the Spider-Verse. Yeah. Uh, I actually I have actually have a comic run of that, so I'm quite excited about not only seeing that, but I might I might take my son along to see it as well. I'll probably watch it first to make sure it's yeah. okay. It's um, um it's Marvel, isn't it? Because I, I I didn't have to see it. It was Marvel. I just saw Empire giving it five stars. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's 
back to that uh, funny old story where it's Sony, isn't it? So it's Sony owns Spider-Man, right? So it's kind of... Uh, I don't think that Marvel were involved in this one in the same way that they're involved in the Spider-Man Homecoming film. But otherwise, I think Robert Redford has said that the old man and the gun is going to be his last film as an actor, I think. Yeah. So yeah. I, want to, I want to catch that. That's a hard one to track down, I think, in terms of cinemas where I am. And again, talking of Netflix earlier, right? Alphonse Cuaron's Roma yeah. is getting... Oh. Um, yes. so my understanding there is it's getting like a limited release in cinemas that are like 200 miles from me. <laughs> oh, well, that's probably an exaggeration. But, but then it's coming onto Netflix. So <gasps> Brilliant. Um, I didn't know that. Oh, I, I, I read the reviews and I, I saw a lot of people on Twitter going crazy about it and saying it was brilliant. And I was thinking, oh, well, it's never going to come to the West Country. Yeah, my understanding is it's literally on, I think it's the Curzon in London, and then probably, I think there's like one in one in Edinburgh, one in Manchester, one in Belfast, and then it's got like two weeks or three weeks run and it's coming out on Netflix. But I should try and uh, track that down and see if that is the case. Uh, one, one other question, which... What was your worst film of the year? But just but, off the top of your head, which one was really... Um, so, well, the one, the one I watched most recently that instantly pops into my head, because it was, a, it was a, only a few weeks ago, is Robin Hood. I just... Oh. <laughs> I love that film. I, love that. <laughs> I quite enjoyed that. Yeah, well, Spanish Robin Hood, absolutely. I think... Um, I think Jeff and I have disagreed on what the worst films of the year were more than the best films. Yes, I, I, I think that's right. I, def- I definitely didn't enjoy Venom, although I wouldn't say Venom was a bad film. I definitely didn't enjoy it. I didn't Better than First Man? Oh, shit, guys. Oh, dear. That's, that's just a wind-up for me. He doesn't really believe that. I do believe I, it. I, and when I take my foot off his throat, he'll change his mind. <laughs> well, First Man was uh, vying. I think First Man will be in my top ten or maybe my top 20 if I do that mm. on my website. But, um, yeah, so Robin Hood I thought was particularly bad. Um, <laughs> uh, the, the Michael Caine film. Oh, Ki- yes, King, King of, of Thieves. Thieves, yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, watched that, I watched that with my wife and two friends, and uh, when, when the credits rolled, we all kind of stood up and looked at each other, and I just went, was that as bad as I thought it was? And they all, just, uh, and they all just went, yes, yes, it was. <laughs> but, you know, I, I don't like to, you know, no one, I guess, tries to make a bad film. But, yeah, I think those two stood out. And I don't know if you saw Assassination Nation, that one. Was, no, uh, that only came to Gloucester. We didn't get there. No, no. Okay. So Assassination Nation is one of those films where I was watching it and I thought, I get what you're trying to do, but you're failing to do it on every level. And I just really struggled with that one. That, that one, uh, I think the Michael Caine one and Assassination Nation were ones that I could have walked out of if I had something better to do or didn't like sitting in dark rooms for most of my life. Cheers, Phil. Some interesting views there. For 2019, I'm going to keep a checklist as to how many times Jeff disagrees with you as it seems he doesn't do that very often. Ha, ha. Thanks, Phil, for an exceptional top five. And before we move on to Declan's top five, just a quick reminder that our regular show will be out on New Year's Eve, featuring guest host Lucy's top five movies of 2018. And then Jeff, Neil and I 
we'll discuss the At The Flicks Top 10 Movies of the Year. So look out for that on New Year's Eve. Now, without any further ado, let's move on to Deck with his Top 5 Movies of 2018. Again, as ever, take it away, Jeff. Hi, Deck. How are you doing? Uh, very well, thank you. Happy New Year to you. And happy New Year to you. If you had to sum up the year in film, what are your thoughts? Is it a good year or a bad year? Um, it's mixed. I'd say it started off quite slow, and this would be reflected in my top five, and only one of them appears in sort of the first half of the year. And there was a lot of sequels at the beginning and a lot of superhero films. But I think it made up in the last few months. I think it definitely had a good end so from a slow start. Yeah, no, I think that's fair. There's always too many superhero films there. Um, oh, so let's go to your top five. Can we do them in reverse order? Of course. Thank you very much. So we'll kick off at number five. Number five was a, a return to form for Mr. Spike Lee for Black Klansman. So I thought this was a fantastic black comedy and the uh, first good, good film he's made in about 20 years. So. <laughs> All right. I, I, I think I had that in my top ten, didn't I? Neil picked that in his top yeah, ten. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, no, it's a good film. I, I agree I, with you. I thought it was excellent. There's one bit in the film where they're having a discussion about the merits of Shaft or Superfly, both <laughs> films of which have just been remade. Made, Superfly's yeah. opened and another Shaft opens next year. And I, I thought things like, and clearly Spike Lee's having some fun at their expense. I, I agree with you, it, it was very funny. As it was going on, I thought, hang on, this could be heading to a happy ending. And then, of course, you get the reveal. So I thought, very clever. OK, what we got in fourth? Number four is one that not many people saw, but I thought was excellent. It was Cold War. I'm a bit of a, a fan of black and white. It was director Pavel Palikowski, I think it's been pronounced, something like that. And it was beautiful, absolutely beautiful film. It was set sort of in, in the Cold War, post-World War II, in the 50s, and lots of mentions of communism. It was obviously Polish, but it, um, it moved around to different locations in Russia and Yugoslavia. And the music was fantastic. It's just all-round beautiful film. Okay, what was the basic plot of this one? It was meant to be, I think, semi-autobiographical about his parents. I don't know how much was true and how much was related to his parents, but, yeah, it was sort of like an unusual love story where they kept crossing paths at different times and the, and the music reflected the different times and different feelings. Absolutely beautiful. All right, I'm just adding that to my mm, list. I'm just putting yeah. that down myself. Yeah. 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 He, won, he won Best Director in Cannes, so... Um, yeah, and Kermode, Kermode liked it a lot because I, I heard him review it and he thought it was a wonderful film. Yeah. Right, I've added that down. Nice, <clears throat> good. What have we got in three then, Dick? Uh, at three, we've got a recent entry. It's Widows. The yes. Uh, uh, the Queen yeah. entry. Yeah. Thoroughly enjoyed this. Really good film. Lots of twists and turns. And, and the cast, absolutely brilliant especially uh, Viola Davis. Yeah, for me, the breakout in that was Elizabeth Debicki. I thought that was an amazing performance, and I you know, I hope to see sort of her in a lot more films in the year ahead, because her range from, she went from abuse victim to standing up for herself. She could do drama and comedy and almost flip it in one scene. Uh, I'd, I'd love to see more of her. Yeah, I mean, every time she was on screen, I kept thinking... Who is she? I don't recognise this no, actress I didn't, at all. Didn't <clears throat> recognise her at all. Well, didn't I, get that at all. Until but she I had she had the confidence and uh, and the drive of a mm. sort of a well seasoned actor, 
And I thought, oh, God, why can't I, I recognise his face? And then it turns out she hasn't been in anything and this is the first major thing she's she's been in. I was blown away by her, yeah. But the whole ensemble of cast were great. Apart, she wasn't great in Guardians, but she was covered in gold paint. Yes. Yeah. The whole thing. <clears throat> but no, Viola Davis, you're quite right. Brilliant. Mm. Yeah. Does that woman ever turn in a bad performance? No. Mm. No. No, it's good stuff. Very intelligent, clever thriller. Mm. What you got next for us? Um, next, I sort of, with my final two, I sort of go from what's been a mainly, I am a big fan of directors. So the, the, the first three in my list are all very good, renowned directors. I now go into a bit more of a fun element and a bit more of the entertainment side of things. So at number two, I have the Mission Impossible Fallout, which I thoroughly <laughs> enjoyed yeah. from beginning to end. It may not be, you know, there for years to come as a fantastic film, but I thoroughly enjoyed it. It was a ride and loved every second, edge of my seat stuff. Do you know, I, I think it will be. I think it's going to turn up on a lot of lists this year. And I think it's going to be a standout as um, a go-to action movie for years mm. to come. No, yeah. I agree. Couldn't couldn't agree more. Excellent, excellent. Phil Bear said put it in. Uh, we just spoken to him. Put him. In, put that in his top five as well. Um, I loved it. It's brilliant. It nearly went into my list. Yeah. Um, I just couldn't find enough room. <clears throat> I had a, a top ten, and I had a an eleven honourable mentions because I couldn't get you know, sort of twenty one films to get in. My top ten, and it was definitely in my honourable mentions. Yeah, so I, I, I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed Deadpool it. Two. Then, too, <coughs> Deadpool Two, <laughs> great. Get them in. But but you had a great deal of fun putting your top five together, Dak, didn't you? I'm really still gutted about some of the ones that sort of made it into my ten, but not into my five. Yeah. Some of the ones that not many people saw, like Leave No Trace, and You Were Never Really There. Oh, brilliant, brilliant, films. brilliant, brilliant both films. Of, yeah. And, but they couldn't quite make it, um, which, is, which upsets me a bit. But I have to sort of, I, the way I look at it is I have to try and think, a lot of those films I'm not sure I could watch again. They, they sort of haunt me a bit. Whereas these films I think I probably could watch over and over again. So that was sort of what got them into the top five ahead of the sort of six to ten. Uh, Leave No Trace I actually watched twice. I watched it one night and then I thought, this is so good, I'm just going to watch it again. But yes, you're right, very, very haunting pieces of work and i just loved both of them uh, you were never really there wow the cinematography the soundscape was just phenomenal great great films yeah. drum roll then big moment okay What's here we go number one uh number one which all three of you may not have seen but it was the one the only one from the first half of the year and i thoroughly enjoyed a quiet place <laughs> i thought it was a fantastic film i probably held my breath most of the way through the film I, a lot of things i didn't see coming that came i thought the you know the, the limited budget and the cast did brilliantly um yes i, I I'm, I'm not sure what the sequel is going to be like i think that's i'm, I'm a bit disappointed that there's going to be a sequel because mm. when i like a film that much i almost don't want there to be a sequel but i'll, I'll give it a go but um yeah no absolutely loved it would watch it over and over again yeah it's interesting because I, I saw it in the cinema, really good. Graham went along. Only Neil has yet to see it, and I'm sure he's there. I will see it. You're yeah. buying it for me on uh, for my birthday, aren't you? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> it's a great, great film. I, yeah. I just yes. loved it. Yeah. Oh, Brilliant. Brilliant five. <clears throat> and Cold War's now gone on my list to watch. So, final question as we're still in the festive period. Any film-watching plans for the end of the year? Well, the big ones are the, probably the big family film will be Mary Poppins Returns. This will probably be the, the Christmas treat. My son and I are both really looking forward to Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Yeah. Um, 
we're both big fans of animation and we both like Spidey. So um, I'm yep. really looking forward to that one. And then this one is mainly because I read the book quite a few years ago now. I read the book probably, oh gosh, it must have been six, seven years ago. I can't remember exactly when. Uh, Mortal Engines. Yeah. Um, oh, yes. The Peter Jackson film. Now, mm. the, the book was amazing and in my yeah. imagination was incredible. I don't know how he's going to turn that into a film. So I'm quite excited to look forward to But it's such a good story. I'm hoping they don't mess it up. Um, I never read any of the other books in the series, though, to be honest. But if I'm sure if the films are successful, gets, I'm sure they'll go it, into the sequels. It gets darker and darker and mm. darker. It's, yeah, it uh, does. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a hell of a series of books. Brilliant. Yeah. Have they finished the series, then? Or are they still going on? No, no, they finished the series, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. okay. Interesting. And then um, there's one film I would like to see, but I don't think I'll get to see it because I don't think they'll show it locally. It's on in London at the moment, which is Shoplifters. And then the other films that I'm looking forward to seeing on Netflix, the Ballard of Buster Scruggs yeah. yep. and, Fantastic. and Roma. The yeah. Yes. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Those two I'll watch over the festive period. Zach, it's been great to talk to you, and thank you very much for, for all your support throughout the year. Look forward to getting you on to future uh, podcasts with us, if that's okay with you. Uh, always interested in your views. Always very insightful. Uh, one, one other question. What was your worst film of the year? I'm not going to say The Nun, because I actually did enjoy it more <laughs> you than did, Yeah, I was with you. And I did, yeah. so I can't, I, I can't diss that one, because I actually did quite enjoy it. My worst film of the year was probably, it was either Hereditary. I'm normally quite careful how I choose films. So I don't really want to waste my money, you see, so I don't normally watch a film. Oh, I did see on telly. Bad Mums, which was shocking. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know it. why I sat like through it. Yes. I, I hated it every second. Oh, no. Check, so, track so down the sequel. In the sim- Sorry? Track down the sequel of Bad Mums Christmas. Yeah. That's even better. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it was the, I saw the Christmas one, so I don't know if it was the sequel. So it was all set at Christmas. With like. Oh, yeah, that's a, the sequel then you watched, yeah. Oh, that's the sequel then. Okay, maybe the first one's better. I don't know. But this, it was just terrible. It was absolutely, I can't believe people pay money to make these sort of films and they actually get distributed and then other films uh, yes. like Shoplifters don't get distributed it just yeah. annoys, annoys me in, um, incessantly so it's, probably the yeah, probably the worst film I actually went to the cinema to see was probably Hereditary really that I can think of yeah, no, no, yeah. for me it's Peter Lou bang my head oh, well I haven't seen it yet I am going to see it Jeff I am going to see don't, it don't so, don't don't no, no, save my, your money mine is the Meg I thought that was the worst thing I've ever seen. See, the thing is, I don't go and see it because I hear from you guys. Yeah, I know yeah, uh, I, I just, that's where your show is good, you see. Yeah, then you can filter it out. That's, that's another oxygen thief for, uh, for, for, for proper filmmakers. And yours is Equalizer 2, I believe. Equalizer right? 2, yeah. I thought oh, that was crap. I went to London to watch that. Yeah, what a waste you, of a train you guys journey. Need to filter your films a bit better. You, <laughs> need to, you need to get your device sorted. But. Yeah, well, you'd have thought Peter Lou and everything, a bit of politics, a bit of history. Yeah. And it's such a balls up of a movie, unless you're The Guardian, and The Guardian will give it like, oh, it's the best things in sliced bread. Dick, thank you very much, and I do apologise that we were a bit late getting to you, mate. That's all right, no problem. Thanks, Deck, for that excellent selection. And just one last reminder that our regular show will be out tomorrow, New Year's Eve, featuring guest host Lucy's top five movies of 2018. 
and then Jeff, Neil and I will discuss the At The Flicks Top 10 Movies of the Year. Look out for that on New Year's Eve.